I'd been in a place that wasn't getting me closer to my life goals, that when I finally gave myself permission to go and do what it was that I wanted to do, that relief was definitely a sense of saying, you know, I'm not sure where it's going to lead me, but it's going to be okay. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you overcome the challenges of making a major career change. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you figure out the steps you can take to move on in your career and make your professional ambitions a reality. In each episode, we'll be speaking with people who have an inspiring career story to share, learning from the brave leaps they took to pursue something new and helping you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to make your own brave decisions that improve your career and life. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to careerrelaunch.net, where you can listen to all the latest episodes and get more useful resources to help you navigate your own career journey. Today, I'm speaking with a former educational researcher who relaunched her career to become a vegan chef and lifestyle wellness educator. We're going to talk about spotting the signs of job dissatisfaction and allowing yourself to explore a new career path. Afterwards, I'll share my own career story with you and my perspectives on what it takes to make your own career change in a segment I'm calling Mental Fuel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Career Relaunch. I'm really excited to introduce you to the podcast all about career change, how you can tell when it's time to make a change, the steps you can take to open up a new chapter in your career, and how to deal with some of the practical and emotional ups and downs along the way. I'm your host, Joseph Liu, and I'm a career change and personal branding strategist. On today's show, I'm really excited to feature Kelly Cara, someone I've known for over 25 years, going all the way back to my days growing up in my hometown of Springfield, Missouri. Kelly's a certified vegan chef and complete health improvement program facilitator. She worked for several years in a behavioral health facility and then for a higher education institution as a researcher. And through those career experiences, Kelly discovered her passion for educating others about health, wellness, and how to live one's most vibrant life. She and her husband recently started their own business, V-Life, to turn that passion into a viable career and business. Kelly spoke to me from her home in Austin, Texas. Kelly, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to talk to you and thanks for being willing to share your story here on Career Relaunch. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what's keeping you busy right now in Austin? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, a lot of things going on. I'm working full-time as a manager of an up-and-coming, rapidly growing bakery here in Austin. It's all vegan and gluten-free. What's the name of the bakery? The name of the bakery is Better Bites Bakery here in Austin. And that's paying the bills. And it's given me a lot of good experience in my new career area. I've also got a lot of side projects more related to wellness, education, and nutrition. That's really my focus. So I'm I'm keeping busy with a lot of that. So not a lot of free time right now, but um, recipe development, teaching a little bit at a culinary school down here called Natural Epicurean. Mm-hmm. Also getting my own business started. Very cool. And you were also been working as a vegan baker. Is that right? Yes. Yes. The bakery that I work in now, I started as a full-time lead baker over there. Mm-hmm. We're now fully vegan and um, I transitioned from the lead baker position into the management position in May of 2015. I definitely want to hear more about your journeys as a vegan baker. But before we get to that, I would love to just go back in time a little bit. When you and I reconnected 2013, I think, mm-hmm. you were back in our hometown of Springfield, Missouri, right? Yep. Just so people know, 
So you and I have known each other, I think, since 1990. Mm-hmm. And then I left Springfield in 1996 for college. And then I know you went off to the Peace Corps. And then after 17 years, we reconnected. And I was wondering if you could just kind of take us back to the moment before you were doing the vegan bakery and the culinary school. What were you up to at the time? Well, I was working full-time as the assessment research coordinator for Missouri State University. What that means is I had a master's degree in experimental psychology, and I was teaching statistics at the university just per course. And then I got this full-time position in the assessment office, doing a lot of research around educational benchmarks, anything related to student learning, student motivation. So we're looking at GPAs and test scores and, and doing all kinds of research like that. But the reason I even got into that field was that I was interested in wellness and specifically mindfulness, being able to live your best life by paying attention to the world around you, paying attention to how you feel, paying attention to the people around you. The research I was doing at the university wasn't about that. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to feel some job dissatisfaction. My job paid well and it had really nice benefits. And I was in my hometown with my family. My husband's family were all there. We had a good apartment. Life wasn't bad by any means, but I just did not enjoy going into work every day because it wasn't focused on anything that I was really that passionate about or interested in. The skills I was using were valuable, but the topics themselves were not really that interesting to me. This is going to sound like a strange question, but how did you know you weren't happy? You know, like I kind of came in in the morning, I did my work and I left and I tried not to think about it when I left. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a good clue. It's a good <laughs> but, sign, yeah. You know, I'd heard somebody somewhere say, you know, you should try to live your passion and if you're able to get paid for what you love doing, then you're a lucky person. And I thought, you know, the things that I do in my free time, on my own time, have nothing to do with what I'm doing at work. And I'm really interested in these other things. And these other things feel much more engaging and fulfilling for me. And I'm not getting that at work. You know, those were all telltale signs that I wasn't enjoying it. I also wasn't always taking good care of my health. And so during the first three years of that job, I just kind of I don't know. I didn't feel vibrant. Why was that? You know, it was the desk job and I had pretty active jobs prior to that being in Peace Corps and doing, I I worked at a psychiatric hospital where I was up on my feet a lot, moving around, working with people. This was a desk job where I was sitting in an office with no windows and the attic floor of uh, an old (laughs) administrative building. (laughs) Right. I just, I felt like my legs would ache as I was sitting there. I I just, I was getting a vitamin D deficiency. I wasn't in the sun. My gosh. So I started going to yoga like crazy. And I was actually coping with some of these work stresses with like copious amounts of hot yoga. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, okay, again, another telltale sign that something's not working for me in my eight hours a day at work. How did that balance play out for you between what you were doing at work, which wasn't very enjoyable, and then all this stuff on your evenings and weekends, which you found a lot more enjoyable? It wasn't enough to offset it. And I think that's ultimately what led to the decision to make the career change is that, you know, I wanted to do recipe testing and development. I wanted to start my own business. And I had written down all these ideas, you know, waking up at two in the morning and thinking, you know, we've got to help people and let them know practical ways to make lifestyle changes. And, you know, I'm writing all these ideas down, but not having real time to dedicate to it. It was enough to kind of keep my non-work life interesting, but it wasn't enough to be really fulfilling. I saw a lot of potential in the direction that I wanted to go, and I wasn't able to pursue that 
with the amount of time or attention that I wanted to pursue it. When did you realize it needed to be more than this middle of the night stuff? I don't know what inspired this, but there was one day I was sitting around in the evening with my husband and I was really feeling dissatisfied. And I asked myself the question, maybe we were having a conversation about it. Maybe the lottery was on the TV or something. And I was like, (laughs) what would I do? What would I do with my life if I had a million dollars and could just stop and do whatever I wanted. And the immediate response to that was go to culinary school, which was a surprise to me. I'm vegan and a big part of food in our household is about nutrition and what food can actually do to help heal you and um, to energize you and equip you for life. So I was thinking, I was like, man, I'd, I'd love to go to culinary school. I wonder if there's a vegan culinary school out there. So I get on the computer and I look and lo and behold, <laughs> here's Natural Epicurean Academy of Culinary Arts in Austin, Texas, you know, 10 hours south from where we lived in in Springfield. And I think just knowing that that place existed was enough for me to say, this is something that I actually really want to do. How can I make this happen? Is it possible for me to do this? Like this would mean moving to Austin, at least for the six month program. It would mean completely shifting careers from research at a higher institution, higher education institution to a culinary world. You know, how do you explain that to anybody? Totally different. Yeah. (laughs) Knowing that my ultimate goal was to be helping people reach healthier, more well-balanced lives through nutrition and a variety of things. But, you know, culinary was just going to be one piece of that. So Mm -hmm. just knowing that that resource was out there really made me start thinking about the possibility of change. So what did you do next once you knew this was out there? Because this seems like a pretty big leap, comfortable job, near your family, decent income, stable lifestyle, and then this leap into something totally different. What did you do the next day once you started to realize (laughs) you wanted to pursue this? Well, okay, that night I actually filled out a form on their website that was just like, you know, are you interested in learning more about the school? And I I filled it out. And for the next two years, I got emails from them saying, (laughs) when are you going to come to our school? But because of that, I constantly had this connection with them and I was starting to have a dialogue with them. Well, here's my situation. You know, I don't know that I can leave right now, but I'm thinking about it. And, you know, we're going to have to save up some money if we're going to do this. And you don't understand, you know, my husband just started teaching and now we're both going to have to uproot and move or I'm going to have to find an apartment for six months. You know, that seems kind of odd. I mean, there was a lot to work through. So 2012 was when I first had that experience. And then 2014 is when I actually started in the school. So yeah, it was filling out a form, I guess, really just taking the first step by asking that question, you know, what would it mean for me to come and attend your school? Are people like me doing this? You know, is this something that you could see as being possible if I don't want to leave my job in Springfield? You know, so I just had to start asking some questions. Can you take us to that day when you made the move out? Yeah. (laughs) What was that day like? Because I would just imagine that would just be full of excitement and nervousness. I'm just curious what that was like for you that day when you moved to Texas. I was over the nerves by that point. I was very excited and relieved, actually. I felt like, I don't want to say like a burden had been lifted because that probably happened the day I turned in my resignation (laughs) from my position. Uh (laughs) But there was a sense of that too, just kind of this relief and a little bit of sadness leaving my apartment back home. We'd lived there for like three or four years. And so, you know, there were some familiar things. I'd grown up in Springfield. I'd never lived somewhere else in the United States. I'd lived other places overseas, but I am an adventurer and I do like to go travel to new places, but picking up and moving someplace else, I guess there was a little bit of this 
you know, it's the unknown. You're just driving toward it physically, <laughs> going to this place that I've never lived before. And I'd say a lot of excitement. I did have a lot of peace of mind, though. By that time, I'd worked through a lot of the the nervousness and the doubt. I was feeling pretty hopeful and excited to start my new culinary school. I mean, it was a dream. That was something that I'd been wanting to do for two years. And like four days later, I was going to be in my first class. So yeah, yeah, it was exciting. Very interesting. So there's one word you used in there that I'd love to go back to, which you said was relief. What was the relief about? (laughs) I think the relief was about finally doing it. I'd been wanting to do it for so long and I'd been in a place that wasn't getting me closer to my life goals for so long that when I finally gave myself permission to go and do what it was that I wanted to do, even if it meant telling people like, I had a hard time telling people I'm quitting my job to go to culinary school in Austin. Devin doesn't have a job. I don't have a job. We have nothing. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go. Like people can look at you like you're crazy, but that relief was definitely a sense of saying it doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to find out what's going to happen. And I know enough about myself that I'm not going to be a failure. You know, I'm not sure where it's going to lead me, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I finally allowed myself to acknowledge that. That was definitely a moment of relief. How much did it affect you when people gave you those strange looks? <laughs> you know, you've got something so stable right now. Now you're going into something that you don't even know how it's going to work out. This is something I hear from a lot of people is that they've got friends or family who are working in stable jobs and they just kind of look at you funny when you go and pursue something that's so non-traditional. Yeah. How much did that affect you and how did you deal with that? Well, I caught myself doing a couple of different things. I emailed everyone that I had ever really worked with face-to-face in my four and a half years at the university and I let them know what I was doing. And I kind of tailored some of those emails more personally for people I'd really worked closely with. But in general, I, I kind of let people know what was going on. So I got a lot of email responses and half of them were, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so glad for you, you know, do what you love. I had a chance to do that in my life and I've never looked back and, you know, I never regretted it a day. And then other people that were saying things like, really, this, you know, this sounds like an interesting experience. Um, you know, like you could tell they were trying not to be mean, but, right. but they definitely were like, what the heck are you thinking? You know, so I definitely caught myself pulling on the more research and nutrition side of this school when I was explaining myself instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to culinary school. It sounds like fun. I'm going to try it out and see if it helps me get closer to my career goal. I caught myself explaining it a little more like, oh, no, you know, I'm going to get into nutrition research and they've got the science of nutrition class and it's all very, Mm. you know, scientific and I'm a researcher. And then I eventually started just being more and more real about it. And depending on who I was talking to, was able to say things like, I want to try it out. We're trying to start our business eventually. And I think this is going to help me get there. It's going to at least give me confidence. Yeah, I think that comes up a lot is that we almost feel like we've got to justify our decisions or kind of defend our decisions, Mm -hmm. both to other people and also to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you started the National Epicurean Academy of the Culinary Arts. Mm -hmm. What's it like for you when you start there? Because this is radically different from being an assessment (laughs) research coordinator. So I've always been a good student, but a traditional classroom is where, you know, you sit and you have your books and there's the teacher and you kind of know what that environment is like. The first day of culinary school, we're sitting there in our chef's coats and these wacky black and white chef pants that look like clown pants. And we have these big clogs on that are non-slip shoes. 
and a hat. You know, I, here I come from this really professional setting, dressing up every day. And then now I'm taking out the trash, you know, and, and doing these other things. So were you literally taking out the trash? Yeah, yeah, we did. At the end of every day, you know, you're cleaning the kitchen and all of that. So yeah, it, it was six months of having to, I don't know, understand that industry a little bit. But that first day, I was actually a little nervous. Like I said, I've always been a good student and I always feel very good and excited on the first day of school. But at the culinary school, I was like, oh my gosh, knife skills. What if I don't have it? You know, like I was nervous. But within a couple of days, I felt very much at home. It took me a little while to get over the outfit. <laughs> but <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I felt pretty good about it. And yeah, I started to gain a lot of confidence. Were there other challenges that came up with this career change? Financially, I knew that if I was going to stay within the food industry side of it, which I was going to have to do at least a little bit to complete my certificate, you know, there's no money in food unless you're at the top or unless you're like a chef star or something on Food Network. Austin's an expensive place to live, much more expensive than Springfield, Missouri. And we had savings and we knew that we were making this move and there wouldn't be a lot of money in the beginning. But trying to figure out how to make a comfortable life for us here on a very small paycheck, that was a big challenge at first. So what do you say to people who use money as the reason why they're not pursuing something that they would rather be doing? I kind of don't consider it a great excuse. I understand it because I felt it too. If you really want to do it, you can find other things to cut out of your life, other expenses to cut out of your life in order to save and to make those moves toward what you want. And the rewards on the other end, even if I'm not making as much money, which actually now that I got moved into a management position, I'm making approximately the same salary I was in my research job, by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it worked out. It worked out really well for me, but I was serious about it. And um, I had a really hard decision to make when that opportunity opened up. You know, do I actually want to be a manager of a bakery? This is not what I moved here for. You know, I just feel like people cushion their lives quite a bit with a lot of unnecessary comforts. And if you're really trying to break out and do something different, you're going to have to tighten the belt a little bit for a while, save up, give yourself some leeway so that if you don't get a job in your field, your new field right away, that you can survive that. I don't need the newest phone. I don't need the newest computer. The resources that I have right now are working for me and they're not getting in the way of me pursuing my goals. But if I start spinning radically in other ways, then I could use that as an excuse. But I think ultimately, if you want to do it, money doesn't need to stand in your way. When you look back on this trajectory, mm -hmm. is there something that you wish you would have known I wish I would have known that it was okay to change because <laughs> okay. I probably wouldn't have held on to that job for so long. I'm a very logical person and I'm very plan oriented. And if I don't know what the plan is, then I don't like to leap. So I wish I would have known earlier on that it was going to work out and um, that it would be okay. You know, that's not something I could have known. Ultimately, that's what pushed me to make that final move. I had a conversation with my mom at the dinner table before we moved down here to Austin. And I asked her, I said, you know, is this the stupidest thing I've ever done? <laughs> and she looked at me and said, it's going to work out. It always does. And it's true. And sometimes just that little reminder that it is going to work out. I will find a way to make it work out. I never just give up. You know, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. If you really know yourself and if you really know if you pay attention to kind of how you've managed your life, then I think you can have that confidence to just 
step out there and say, you know what, my heart is leading me in this direction. Maybe my mind is leading me into this direction, but it's something that I want to pursue. It's going to be okay. And if it's not okay, you'll find something else to do. Ultimately, you know, that's the comfort. There will be something else that you can do. You can always find something else. That's a great story to hear just because I think sometimes we get in our own ways yeah. of making progress in our careers. So I know that things kind of work out, but obviously you've also put in a lot of work. Has there been a tool that you've used that has helped you stay on track with your goals? Periodically, probably about twice a year now, maybe even three times a year, I'm kind of reassessing, okay, what am I doing right now? Am I on track? And I'll sit down and write, you know, here's what I'm doing. This is what I want to be doing. What steps need to happen in order for me to get there? And you helped me work through that actually when we were trying to decide whether or not to move down here. Mm. What would you need to do in order to get there if that is where you ultimately want to go? And so I sit down and I do that. I write down some of those things. And sometimes it's very practical stuff. Okay, I need to email this person about this piece of equipment that we're going to be using. I need to get the business cards made. I need to, you know, reach out to these people about getting some videos done. And sometimes it's much more fluid than that. You know, I am working full time at a bakery. What does that mean in terms of my time dedicated to opening my own business? And how is it helping me or how is it hurting me at this point? Is there a great piece of career advice that you've received? It's very simple and it is not a plug for Nike, but <laughs> my dad told me, you know, hey, if you've got all these ideas, you've got all this stuff that you want to do, do it. Mm. That's ultimately the best career advice that I've had. Instead of just thinking about it all the time and saying, I'm wanting to do this, I think it's a good idea. I can't see how I could fail. Well, go do it. And I think ultimately that's the hardest part of it. But it's also the only part that's going to make it happen. <laughs> that's true. That is really good advice. I know that I'm like you. I'm a planner. You know, I like to reflect on stuff and then map things out. And at the end of the day, you've got to do something. Yeah. It's definitely a mindset shift, I think, when you're working for an organization, very task focused, and then running your own business or trying to start your own thing that action leads to opportunities. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then what's one habit that has consistently served you well in your career? The first word that comes to mind is responsibility. I'm just always, probably to a fault, I'm always very responsible and I always do what I know I'm supposed to do. So if it means, you know, fill out these forms to create your new business, I read the whole form, I figure out what it means, I do all of the parts, and then I don't have to redo it later. You know, if you can do the job well the first time, you don't have to redo it. It's really interesting to hear, and it's also good to get a glimpse into what's been working for you. So I definitely want to hear more about V-Life, Kelly. And I know this is just kind of in its infancy right now, but what are you up to right now with V-Life? V-Life is a lifestyle wellness education business that my husband and I have just recently inaugurated, started up. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very exciting. We are really going to be aiming our focus at corporations in this area that want to provide wellness programs for their employees. We're going to be educating people about the connection between nutrition and exercise and health in a very practical way with a lot of we have videos and things that we get to show people, but food demonstrations. We can also do that for individuals, personalized nutrition assessments, recipes, or menu development for families or businesses. We've spent probably eight to 10 years figuring that out for ourselves. So we want to share that with people. I have to admit, I'm not a vegan. But last week, my wife and I actually went on this detox vegan diet for one weekend. I'll tell you what, it was a struggle uh -huh. for, for me. <laughs> do you have one go-to vegan 
either recipe or favorite food for what I'll call uh, the reluctant vegans out there who are still eating meat and animal products? We do a lot of beans, lentils, which is something that I didn't eat much before I became vegan. Mm, yeah, I heard those are great for you. Yeah, yeah, they're really, really nutritious, super fast, easy to cook, and um, they have a little more of a meaty texture when you mix them into things. The VNV Life stands for vibrant. So our little tagline is it's your path to a vibrant life. The idea is not that we're out there to convert everyone to being vegan. We actually just want to inform people about the relationship between nutrition and wellness. If that just means getting closer to health and closer to optimal health by making a few different changes, that's what we're going to help people achieve. So if people want to learn a little bit more about how they can lead a path to a vibrant life, where would you suggest they go or how could they learn a little bit more about what you're doing or the types of programs that could help them make these little steps to improve their lives? We are on Facebook at just facebook.com slash Austin V Life. Also the CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program is the educational tool that we're going to be teaching. And that website, is chiphealth.com. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And it's just really inspiring to hear your story of leaving something stable behind to pursue something that you find a lot of passion in. And I'm just excited to see how this all turns out for you and definitely wish you the best in your culinary journeys. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And um, good luck to all of your folks out there who are considering making that change. It's worth it. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Kelly about giving herself permission to pursue a career path she found more exciting and fulfilling. Now it's time to wrap up with a segment I'm calling Mental Fuel, where I'll share my own perspectives on the importance of starting somewhere. This is Career Relaunch. I think a big part of relaunching your career relates to the practical parts of that change. Things like creating a business plan or revamping your resume or marketing yourself effectively. But another big part relates to your mental confidence. You need some mental strength to relaunch your career because I think so much of paving a new path in life is about your mindset, your beliefs, and your psychology. So this is the part of the show I'm calling Mental Fuel, where I'll finish the show with my own thoughts to hopefully help you create the changes you want. In this segment of the show, I'll be sharing a brief personal story related to one of the topics we've covered today. Then I'll wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. Before I do that, since this is my first episode, I should probably introduce myself to you. Again, my name is Joseph Liu, and my passion is for helping people relaunch their careers and pursue truly meaningful work. I'm based near London in the UK, but as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm originally from the US. And the reason why I got into this line of work is because I've gone through three major career changes myself. And in 2013, I decided to refocus my work on helping other people navigate times of transition in their careers. And one thing I hear from a lot of these people is that the process of leaving one career behind to pursue something else is a really lonely journey. So if you're in the process of opening up a new chapter in your own career, I hope our conversations can provide you with a bit of companionship and inspiration along the way. So for today, I'm going to leave you with a few closing thoughts on the importance of starting somewhere. And I'll finish up by sharing a free resource you can use to help you get started with creating the career change you desire. Now, just to tell a little story, before I started working in the area of career change and personal branding, I was actually working in the corporate world. I was in my 10th year working in product branding and corporate marketing. And I was at a reputable company, nice office, smart colleagues, friendly culture, and a really well-known brand. And as much as all that sounded pretty good on paper, I just wasn't that happy. So I did think about leaving 
And the only thing was I had just gotten married. So I was definitely concerned about money. And I also hadn't been in the company for that long. So I felt like if I'd left, I was kind of afraid of how things would look on my resume. So I was pretty confused about whether I should make a move. I'd always thought about becoming a professional career and business coach. And I'd always wanted to start my own business. I just had no idea where to start. Starting was definitely the hardest part for me. I didn't know if the timing was right. I didn't know how I would find clients. So what I did was I just forced myself to try and start somewhere. I started to research a professional coaching course. Then I took an introductory weekend course. And then I did a half-year training. I started coaching clients for free in the evenings. And the coaching I was doing was a little bit clunky, to be honest. But I eventually got my coaching certification. Then I started charging for my sessions. And then I started charging more. And then I got to a point where I eventually felt comfortable leaving my corporate job behind to focus on creating my own business around career change. But you know, a lot of things got off to a less than perfect start. For example, my first public talk on career change was at Marketing Week Live in London back in 2013. And it was kind of clunky too. And this is my first big public talk on career change. And I felt like I kind of messed up the end of it. But I kept at it. And my talks got better over time. Then I started doing some paid workshops at business schools and then corporate workshops and now paid keynote talks. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that it's okay to start small. It's okay for that start to be a little bit messy. And it's okay if you don't have everything figured out. Things don't have to go perfectly right away. What's important is that you just start. You'll get better and you're going to become more polished over time. So this reminds me of a quote from Les Brown who said, don't wait around for things to be just right. Don't wait for things to be perfect. Don't wait for the ideal situation. It will never be ideal. So my challenge to you today is to start pursuing one of your dormant interests. Now, I define a dormant interest as something you've always thought about doing, but have never actually taken the action to pursue it. It could be a side project, it could be a hobby, it could be a class you've been thinking about taking, some sort of idea you've wanted to explore, or even another career path you've been considering. If you're feeling stuck with how to start, I've created a free worksheet to help you break down your goals into a few bite-sized tasks. This way you can get started in a way that's not too overwhelming. You can download this worksheet at careerrelaunch.net slash episode one, where you'll also find a summary of the key ideas and links mentioned today. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show or leave me a comment or question. I'd love to hear from you. That's careerrelaunch.net slash episode one. Thanks so much for listening to my very first episode of Career Relaunch. Also, a special thanks to Kelly Cara for joining us and being our very first guest on this show. This episode was mixed by Raid Sandtrack. Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>